Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of the Turnbuckle Takeover Podcast. I am Billy Bailey, and I want to thank you for joining me for week number three. I want to thank everybody who's joined me for week number two in the last previous couple weeks. Um, Done pretty good as far as view-wise. It's about 50-50, about kind of lost some viewers, gained some, so it's... It's getting there. Um, like I said, I just do this for fun, and I hope everybody's enjoying what I'm doing. It has been a crazy, very strange week in the world of professional wrestling. Some things I can explain, and some things I'm kind of like, ah, where are they going with this? First and foremost, I think the biggest story that I have to touch on is uh, Goldberg was on SmackDown last night. Uh, major thing I'm going to get into with the SmackDown recap, that's a big deal. A very big deal. NXT had some great selling points this week with the Undisputed Era. I will touch into that also when I get around to NXT. Uh, I've got another top five this week. Uh, should be a little better than last week. I did a little research this time. Sorry about a couple mistakes that I made uh, in a couple of the episodes. I went back and watched some of the videos. Um... Y'all probably know what they are, so I'm not even going to get into that. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm beginning this. This is new for me to do. Um, I'm having fun doing it. And uh, I hope you enjoy listening to it, because that's really what it's all about. Um, it's about fans of wrestling listening to my point of view about the things I see going on in the business. Um, Tessa finally spoke out for Impact. That's another point I'm going to uh, go ahead and get into when I get into Impact. Um, it's been a weird week, like some just string things on every show. Really, really has been. I'm gonna start it right off. We're gonna get into Raw. Um, Raw was okay this week. Had its ups and ups and downs, kind of like the week before. Um, I mean, McIntyre was basically there to stake his claim, folks. And as I said before, the damn guy is good. I mean, he just personifies a professional wrestler, and I think what they're doing is great. I like how they're doing the angle. Everything is working out well for him and Brock to finally clash. Now, before we get to the clash at WrestleMania, it looks like Brock's going to be taking on Ricochet. Um, let's be honest. No one really believes Ricochet's going to win this match. No disrespect to Ricochet. I think he's a great performer. But storylines and business-wise, he ain't ready. He ain't ready, son. So, I don't understand why this match, maybe to push him, to get him in the ring with Brock. I'm not exactly sure where they're going with this. I know he was being pushed ever since Heyman came, you know, creatively uh, drawing up Raw and booking Raw. So, it's one of those things where, uh, is this rushing him? Or is this one of those things where, okay, it's now it's time for Ricochet to show what he's got. Can he can he perform at a main event caliber level? And I think Ricochet can need, like, uh, it just might work. It's, it's just too terribly bad. Uh, we had a, uh, uh, they actually had a triple threat match at Raw. It was Lashley, Rollins, and Ricochet. And Ricochet actually beat Lashley and Rollins. Which I was shocked. I thought maybe... They would go ahead and give us Lashley and Brock, but I was wrong. I was I was hoping for it too much. 
not and again, nothing against Ricochet or Seth Rollins, but I've seen Seth and Brock, and I don't buy Ricochet beating Brock. So hopefully we'll see where that goes. I'm not sure exactly where it's going with Ricochet. Like I said, maybe give him a small push. I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, like I said, Raw was very strange. However, the women's division did have something that I heard correctly predicted. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte are going to take on each other for the NXT women's title. Thank God they didn't drop the women's name off the belt. It, 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 it's just, please don't. They had a, uh, Rhea comes out, Charlotte's in the ring already cutting a promo, and here we are. It's simple, folks. That's simple wrestling. Simple booking. Everybody wants to see the match. Everybody thinks the match is going to be good, and so do I. I think they have a real good chance at really um, doing something special. Uh, I think they're really good workers, and Rhea, is, Rhea has just gotten better and better as time goes on, and I'm really happy for her. She's a young, you know, she's young. Uh, she's great in the ring. She really is. Uh, you know, it was KO, and it was the Viking Raiders versus Murphy and AOP in a six-man match, and I hope they don't keep carrying this on. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. I'm starting to see the same, you know, here we go with this brand extension again. You're seeing the same matches over and over. Maybe twist and turn with a stipulation. But that's where it kind of gets boring. So I'm kind of glad that some of these new guys are getting intertwined into it. But at the same time, we've got to have some fresh matchups at the same time. That's just a big, big thing that, that you definitely, definitely need. Uh, Becky and Asuka. The confrontation continued. This is horrible in my eyes. Keep Asuka off of the mic. Please. Unless you know that language, you're not going to understand what she's saying. So she can... All she wants. But it doesn't matter because I can sit here and say I don't understand a damn thing she's saying. Nothing. And it makes it look like we're just going to give her a mic to kill some time off of television because we need to fill it in with this angle. Uh, it looked like to me uh, Natty and Asuka got into a little shoot in a match. I heard some things on the camera. I'm sure you guys did too. Uh, basically, don't shoot on me. And, you know, another word was used. Um, so that's interesting. I don't know if they have some real backstage heat or not. Uh, and that's for the rumor mill to figure out, but ah, that that looked uh, that looked pretty brutal. Um, so on to SmackDown. Um, so the Dirt Sheet segment returned. Morrison, Miz, they are tag team now. Got interrupted by the New Day. Also got interrupted by Ziggler and Rude, and the Usos. I see some good stuff going on here. This is a tag division I can get behind. The New Day can work great as a tag team when they're not doing their comedy thing. And it looks like they've kind of eased up on the comedy stick. A little bit. Not much. But there's a little bit less. And that's a good thing. Um, I love the Uzos anyway. I think they're a great tag team. Uh, regardless of their personal life situations. Uh, again, I keep that out of it. I'm talking about what's going on in the ring and what's going on on the camera. Um, and what's going on on their respective shows. 
Um, so, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if um, maybe they do a fatal four-way match at WrestleMania for the tag titles. Uh, maybe a ladder match would be great. Um, don't know where the Revival fit in. They turned down their contract with WWE, supposedly. Um, by Twitter with Dawson, he kind of said, yeah, it happened. So I'm going to go with it for right now. So I don't know what kind of program the Revival is going to be in. Uh, but Because I can see them really maybe leaving soon. Maybe AEW bound. Um, we did have a fatal four-way number one's contenders match for Becky SmackDown Women's Championship. And I don't understand why this was the last match. I would have much rather had the Goldberg Fiend stuff last because they've been promoting this Goldberg thing for the you know this week and all through social media and whatever. Um, so I know they try to make the women's titles important, and Becky Becky's important because she's pretty much the most over person in the business. But I'm not in the Bailey's heel turn. I'm not into Bailey as it is. Uh, I've never been a big Bailey fan, even when she was a babyface. Um, so I don't understand why this was the main event. Carmella got the win, which uh, yeah, that's uh, Alexa Bliss's win there, folks. Um. To me, that's the most over woman in that ring. Carmella is over with the truth thing that happened and all that. Um, not a fan of Dana Brooke. Um, I don't feel like that's the main event. I think that would have been a good opener. It was a good match. Uh, Carmella actually did a pretty decent job. Um, so, yeah, that very well could have been a good opener, a good first into the second hour match for the breakdown. Um, I thought that was was a good match for what it was. Uh, main event quality, not so much. But let's get to the big... Well, first, before I get to that story, let's get to Daniel Bryan. So Daniel Bryan came back, automatically squashed Heath Slater in a match. Crowd gives the same pop. He lost nothing from the Bray Wyatt thing, which means that angle was done correctly for Bryan. I'm interested to see what they do with Daniel Bryan from here on out. Do they include him in the world title hunt? That's something we're going to have to keep an eye on in the coming months. Um, but I feel like now we take a detour. And I don't know if we take a detour because of Super Showdown. And we always have a Legends match or a legend show up at Super Showdown. It's pretty much a given at this point. Now, with that being said. Goldberg comes on television. He's sitting at his house. They asked, what's next for Goldberg, quite simply. And that's the best thing they could have done. Keep it simple for Goldberg on the mic. Goldberg feels like his universal title reign was shortened by Brock. However, The Fiend has the universal title now. He wants The Fiend, and that's what it's going to be. I, I'm torn about this. I'm a WCW fan. Said that plenty of times. Don't need to repeat myself anymore about that. But Goldberg and The Fiend to me, it's like, okay, well, what did Goldberg do to kind of get that? Nothing. And that's, you know, that could have maybe been used to do an, 
I, I don't know. I really don't know what you could have done with The Fiend. Maybe give it to Roman Reigns at the pay-per-view unless they're waiting on WrestleMania for that. But, you know, we still had the, the Baron Corbin Roman Reigns thing going on. And now we have a steel cage match at Super Showdown. For God's sakes. Like, ah, they still can't end it. They still have to feed this down our throat to try to get Corbin, I guess, as heel as possible. I mean, it would have made more sense for Goldberg to maybe attack Corbin with a spear. Maybe we get Col Corbin versus Goldberg, and Goldberg can squash him, and then it, it works. Trust me. The Fiend and Goldberg, I mean, what's give me the story behind it. That Goldberg wants his title back? Okay, well, I mean, that is a simple story. Maybe that will work. But... I mean, and there are Goldberg fans, and there is still WCW fans, so maybe ticket sales, maybe, I don't know, they're in Saudi Arabia, so tickets really don't matter. They're going to fill it up whether the people want to go there or not. Um, I still hate that WWE deal with Saudi Arabia. It does nothing for anybody, and now guys don't even want to go work it for certain situations, especially when there was travel delays the last time they went. Um, I mean, as far as SmackDown, that was basically it. There were some squash matches. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. It is what it is. Um, so basically, I'm going to go ahead and get into uh, AEW Dynamite. Um, this week also had its ups and downs. Um... I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what to say about this. The lashing of Cody Rhodes was unbelievable. You want to tell a story? Go back and watch that. And I've seen some people on the internet badmouth this. It was too violent. It was too violent. Are you kidding me? Does anybody watch CCW with Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman when the Sandman came Tommy Dreamer and it completely put Tommy Dreamer over? Well, guess what this is going to do to Cody? If Cody ain't over now, he's going to skyrocket after this. Because these three are going to have a three match that's going to end up with a blow-off match, probably inside of a steel cage if he's booking at anything like WCW. So that, that in itself is going to be quite interesting. Um... I seriously do think that MJF is an amazing heel. I mean, good grief. For the life of me, I have never seen a guy be able to cut a promo the way he does. Like, this guy is so ahead of everybody in AEW that it's noticeable. It's noticeable. It is completely noticeable. It's, and the only problem I have though, I have not seen him work a high profile match yet. Yet have I really seen him work in the ring. And that's, that's a big problem. I did see some of his MLW stuff and it was pretty decent, but I haven't seen him work a, and maybe they're saving that. Maybe that's part of the story too. Now here's how I do, one thing I do have a problem with this angle. Um, 
they use fan plants. And what I mean by a fan plant is a fan or a guy that works inside the business that's not even probably ever been seen on TV. And he uses a plant and the fans to maybe cause some chaos with the wrestler to make it look like more believable as a heel. They've done it twice. At first, I thought the first one was a, oopsie, what did this guy do? No, that wasn't what it was. I went back and looked at it three times, and I went back and looked at this past week's. Definitely a fan plant. You can do that a couple times. You can't do that a lot before it gets noticeable. So I would tell AEW maybe lay off the fan plant for a little bit. Uh, it's it's It gives people some ideas to do some things that maybe they shouldn't do. Um, and I think it's cool one or two times. They've done it two times. We're cool now. We don't need to do it any more than that. Doesn't need to be done. Uh, Moxley versus Ortiz happened. Uh, the inner circle ended up attacking Moxley kind of like after a round during the end of the match. Um, Ortiz is crazy. <laughs> he acts so weird. Like, I don't know. He's awkward sometimes. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. He's just a weird guy. <laughs> like, some of the, like the, the fall headbutt, I love that. I don't know why it's just different. And it's, it's, it's funny. Like, he's such a, uh, 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 he's, his stuff is, it's like on the verge of a comedy and seriousness, but like it's, he can be serious, but he can be comedic at the same time. Really weird. Um, SCU versus the best friends. SCU, SCU won. Um, they're on the look for the tag titles. Um, it's, obviously it's coming up, I believe in the next couple weeks. Um, they are also continuing this feud with the Dark Order. <laughs> now, back to what I said in episode two, who I thought the leader was. Now I'm thinking differently. I think the leader is already in-house, and I think it's Christopher Daniels. His name's the Fallen Angel. Dark Order, the Fallen Angel. Boom, boom, boom. I don't know why I didn't see this coming before. Uh, maybe it went over my head, I don't know. Uh, that's awesome. That makes sense to me. Um, I feel like, um, yeah, that's that's really, 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 really good stuff. Um, because I didn't put it together. I don't know why I didn't. You know, I've always known him to be called the the fallen angel when he was in uh, TNA. Uh, so I don't know why I didn't catch on to that. But now that makes sense. And maybe him and the evil Uno have a tag team. I don't like the other guy. That, I believe his name's Sam Simon. Excuse me. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. Uh, but that I, I like it way better if those two were a tag team against SCU. That'd be a great story. Um, and maybe those three guys can end up going on because I like them together. But I'd much rather them be in the singles because I, I know Kaz is a great worker when he's in a singles match. And uh, Scorpio Sky is he—he's on another level sometimes. Um, we did have the Elite, uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny, and Hangman Page versus the Butcher, the Blade, and the Lucha Bros. Not a bad match. It told uh, carried on a little bit more of the story with Hangman Page and Kenny. Obviously, going to do a breakup. I. Pretty sure Hangman's going to be the heel. Um, I see it coming eventually, maybe. But then again, he's so over with the crowd, I don't think he can pull that trigger now. 
Uh, I think they wanted to break the elite up, but now it's kind of like, well, jeez, he's over with the beer thing now. <laughs> and it's like AEW needs some heels. I mean, they have MJF, they've got the Butcher of the Blade, they had the Lucha Bros, but people like the Lucha Bros, so you can't really call them a heel. They're tweeners. I hate that word, but it's true. Um, as far as AEW, um, that was basically it. Uh, some AEW news. Um, I think AEW Dark may be two hours when it goes on TV. I've been hearing a lot of so-called rumors about that. It's been starting to come out a little bit more, um, every week. So we'll see. Um, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. Uh, they got a video game in the works. They got action figures. So that's what they need to do. They need to get their name out there. They were in the Super Bowl ad, which I didn't even know until I went back and listened to my episode. And I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot they did that. But yeah, that's awesome. Uh, they were in a Super Bowl ad in the program. And that's big because there's a lot of eyes that seen that. And they had a 25% increase this week in viewership, even with the presidential election stuff going on Ugh. anyway all right so i'm gonna go ahead and go into another segment of mine which is my favorite segment one of my favorite segments and that is the top five the top five this week is the top five intercontinental title matches of all time in wwe to watch on the wwe network and after I get done with this, I have to talk about the WWE Network a little bit because something came out this week that I'm not happy with. Anyway, let's get to the top five this week. Number five, Triple H versus The Rock, SummerSlam 98, Nation of Domination versus Degeneration X. This match was uh, Madison Square Garden. I mean, SummerSlam, what more could you want? The Rock, Triple H. In a ladders match. Fantastic match. Sorry got me a skull lip. I haven't done one. On an episode yet. But I'm comfortable now. And I feel like I can do one. So. That match right there. Kind of culminated the whole. Degeneration X. Nation of Domination storyline. Um. At that time, it was the two leaders against each other for the second best title in the company. And that just skyrocketed both of them to the top. And we all know where they went from there. Number four, Reza Lamont, the bad guy, and Shawn Michaels. WrestleMania 10 ladder match. I have struggled with this list. I'm not even going to lie. This match should probably be first. Okay? But there's enough. There are so many intercontinental title matches. Even from like 2010. Even like now. There's been a few good ones. But I didn't. I really didn't know how to pick this. And I kind of. I kind of went about it like really. Like bias. Like my favorite ones really this time. Um. But Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels in the ladder match. Again, another ladder match <laughs> for the Intercontinental title. It's weird how ladder matches are so good for the Intercontinental title. It seems like every time there's a good ladder match, Intercontinental title's on the line. 
<laughs> it's usually how it happens. Uh, number three, I put Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 8. In my opinion, the best Roddy Piper match, and it was all because of Bret, to a point. Piper knew how to tell a story in the ring, but technical wrestling-wise, Bret Hart's one of the best. Him and Piper had a fantastic match. You know, there was the whole story with Piper knowing Brett since he was a kid, watching Brett grow up in the dungeon house when he'd go there and train. There was this whole story. We all know what the outcome was. Brett became the Intercontinental Champion, and Piper kind of went on his way for a while, and that was the last we've seen of Piper for a bit. Now, number two, I put Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect. Intercontinental title, SummerSlam 91, one of my favorite wrestling matches of all time. Not only because it kind of set the tone for Bret Hart, but Mr. Perfect's back was completely shattered. And that guy went and tore the house down. Kurt Henning, God peace, we miss you so much Mr. Perfect. It's a shame that you passed away at such a young age when you did. He was... Oh, man, I used to, when I was on the trampoline, one of the moves I always used to do was the Mr. Perfect flip over neck snap. I love that move. When I was a kid, when the first time I seen it, I was like, oh my God, he just broke his neck. You know, you're a kid, so you obviously it didn't happen, but you're just like, wow, what a different move because I hadn't seen that. That was different to me. Uh, but that match was awesome. God bless Mr. Perfect. And what a technical sound match. Bret Hart beats him with the sharpshooter. The crowd was loud. They wanted Bret to win it. And we got that. The number one. And we all know what this is. Steamboat Macho Man. WrestleMania 3. The match of matches. The greatest of all time. The match that most people go and watch to even become a wrestler or to start training. Uh, this match says it all for itself. It had a story with Elizabeth, George the Animal Steel, the Intercontinental title, Savage playing the ultimate heel, hitting the back, hit, hitting the belt in Steamboat's throat on Superstars. There's months before it had built this whole, here's the culmination at WrestleMania 3 in front of 93,000 people. And I remember watching that match as a kid being like, I think I have just seen... The best match I've ever seen in my life. And as a kid, you got to think, I hadn't seen many. Other than the Rock and Roll, Midnight, Hogan, Sheet. You know, the, the normal common matches you start watching as a fan. That match was just, it's off the charts. It's almost the greatest match in the history of professional wrestling. I mean, and, and you, you can argue that. And there has been arguments on it. Um, I don't know. To me, it's just like you put it on every list. But, um, again, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. It really means a lot to me. Um, about a halfway in now. Um, surprisingly, I've already done Raw. I've already done SmackDown. I've already done AEW. Uh, NXT this week. I guess we'll go ahead and get into that. Um, we had a return of the Velveteen Dream, which those montages that they had done. I guess it wasn't a montage. It was more like a package video of like the circles with the numbers, 225, you know, or two, whatever it, however it said it. Um, 
2520. So, um, that was cool. I thought he was Killer Cross. Uh, it wasn't Killer Cross. It was Velveteen Dream. He came out and attacked the Undisputed Era as they were attacking uh, Choppa. Uh, Choppa did kind of get hurt in that scuffle, which is not good news. I don't like hearing people getting hurt. And he just gets hurt so much. Poor guy. Like Talk about a guy who can work in a ring and just can't stay healthy. It is Choppa. He just cannot stay healthy. It's a sad thing for the guy. Bust his butt in the ring. I mean, what more can you say about this guy? I mean, and obviously, you know, Johnny Wrestling and Adam Cole still had their, their feud. And, and, you know, Adam Cole was going online busting great promos. I had a friend of mine sent me a promo. I watched it, and I was he just did that from his house. And I'm like, well, his woman could learn because she stinks on AEW. She should never have a mic. Ever. It, her interviews put me to sleep completely. But uh, anyway, on NXT also, uh, the Bruiserweights are looking for the tag titles, folks. The Bruiserweights. I say the Bruiserweights. It always comes out that way. The Bruiserweights, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, are a fantastic, weird combination of a tag team. And I have a feeling they're going to win the tag titles, and then we're going to have Pete Dunne turn into the ultimate heel against Riddle, and then we're going to have a big feud. I see it happening. Totally. I so see it happening. Not anytime soon. But it's going to be soon. Like, farther down the road, probably, six months from now, after Mania, after they have a run with the tag titles, the next takeover after this one, I guarantee you they're going to be feuding. Maybe I shouldn't guarantee it. But I, that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, they're just, you know, there's too good. And there were some other good matches on, on NXT, which I didn't really get into that much. I don't understand why they are jobbing Isaiah Swerve Scott. I don't understand it, folks. I just don't get it. He, I've been watching him since he was in the Defy. I've been watching him take on Josh Alexander since he was in Defy. And he's ready. So why is he jobbing? He wins matches on 205 and he loses on NXT. Don't get it. Don't have him on NXT if you're not ready to put him on the show yet. If you're just going to have him jobbing because you're not doing nothing for him. You're really not. Okay, so there was one thing I wanted to touch on with the WWE Network. Um, the financial report for WWE came out this week. The fourth quarter, the big end-all to end-all like quarterly financial reports. One of the things that Vince McMahon said was, we're looking to move or sell our major pay-per-views to a streaming service. You have a streaming service, first off. And this really got me hot. I have had the WWE Network since the first... I got it three days after it came out. Um, I wanted it to get the bugs out of it, whatever it might be. Then um, one of the reasons I got it was because, okay, I'm not spending 
$50 for a WWE pay-per-view anymore. I'm only spending $10 a month, plus I get Nitro, plus I get old Raws, plus I get all the old WCW pay-per-views and everything else to go along with it. Not only have they mentioned a tier service this year, which means you're going to have a basic plan like Hulu and a premium plan and a platinum plan and all this. Well, you know what? Why don't you just keep it how it is? Because it's fine. It's fine. Leave it alone. Your network's not the problem, Vince. Really isn't. Your problem is you're not reaching out to the right demographic of people. When I was a kid, you could work in, walk into a Walmart and there would be a WWE selection of DVDs or VHSs. I mean, my Walmart opened in 96. So... VHS's was a thing, but I could walk into Walmart and I could get that pay-per-view that was coming out on VHS or DVD. I could get that action figure that I wanted to collect or that WWF magazine or wrestling cards or wrestling shirts or wrestling cups. You go into Walmart now, you'd be lucky to find anything wrestling. Honestly. And then what you do find, you don't want to buy because you just don't. You know, he's got away from DVDs and that's a big problem for Vets. Not everybody buys the network. It doesn't work that way. Some people can't afford $10 a month. But if you price the DVDs and maybe, I don't know, $7, $8, you know, because you've already made that money off the network. So why not go ahead and put those DVDs cheap for the people who can't afford or maybe don't have internet? You know, they've already talked about not releasing any more DVD documentaries. That's fine. Put some damn good documentaries on the, on the network that I'm able to sit through and watch. Not a current people. I don't want to see backstage footage of them getting ready for their match. We all know what they do. They get their boots on. They go out there to try to entertain you as as fans. We, we already know what goes on. We know that they walk down the aisle and practice their interests. We get that. But you gotta you got to appeal to everybody in order for wrestling to become popular again. And the, the one thing that AEW does right that WWE doesn't is it touches to the younger audience. Well, here's the thing. If you're touching to the, old, the, the younger audience, and yeah, I know, everybody says WWE's PG. Is it really? Hmm? Here in the last few months, is it really PG? Because it doesn't look PG to me. It's not Attitude Era, but it's more so Ruthless Aggression, Borderline Attitude Era. They do Attitude Era things. It's just not done right. So... As far as the network, I think that's a bad decision. And I will honestly consider canceling my subscription because, you know, times are tough in the wintertime where I live at. And I can't afford every month to pay $60 for a pay-per-view. And, and unfortunately, I won't do that. Um, I will buy WrestleMania. I will buy Royal Rumble. I will get Survivor Series. If my friends want to chip in and come over, that's a different story. 
I guess we'll have to go back to the old school route of chipping in. Which is cool. Whatever about chips in. Food. Whatever. It comes back on everybody somehow. But then you're going to have to get two or three people together. You know? Could be a good thing in a way. But I don't see it. If I'm paying $10 from the network, I want the pay-per-views on there. You can't be an Indian giver. You can't giveth and taketh away. If you've already given us something, you can't take take it away from the consumer and, expect and, and repackage it and buy it at a more expensive price. That doesn't work that way. If you give them something, in order to make a change, you got to give them something more. And Vince doesn't have anything more. He's put most of the... Well, I wouldn't say most... He's put a majority of the WCW footage out. All the ECW footage is pretty much out. There might only be a few couple things that he doesn't have out. But WCW has everything except for the Saturday nights and the pros and the main event shows and all that. But the clashes, the pay-per-views, the nitros are on there. The clashes are good, you know. Um, but I really hope they don't do that for the consumer. It's going to hurt my pocket. Uh, if they do do the pay-per-views, maybe $15 like Impact. Vince doesn't like cheap, though. Uh, Mania is probably going to be 60 like it was back in the day. And uh, that's just expensive. But speaking of WrestleMania. Now, I did say I didn't want this show to be a rumor mill. But I got to go here with this one. Because I feel like this is going to be the year... That we finally get The Undertaker versus Sting. Sting has been cleared, supposedly, by WWE right, just a couple days ago. Uh, I heard it from a very good source, which is one of the sites I do look on to get my information or something I forget or something like that. Like, I'll go back and look. Um... I don't know how I feel about this. Part of me super excited. Like, I'm, like, part of me's like, oh, yes. Thank you. We're finally going to get it. This is going to be good. And then part of me's like, uh-oh. Is it 10 years too late? Or they do they just brawl? And see, I would say they just brawl, but with Sting's condition, hitting him with chairs and taking table shots is probably not a good idea for Sting. Taker could do it. But I don't think Sting could. So I don't know. Do you have a simple eight-minute match and just get the fans the, You know, because they could spend a minute and a half, two minutes staring each other in the ring. And the, the pop that the match is going to get. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now. I'll jump right off my couch. No doubt. I will fly right off my couch if Sting walks down that aisle and an Undertaker follows. And we get that match. Oh man, I, I don't even know what I'd do. See, so I guess I, I, I should say I'm super excited for it. But there is there is some questions, you know. They're old. Can they work together? Have they been training together? I don't know. Taker's very secretive about he, what he does. That's not a bad thing either. Really isn't. Um, it's You know, a little bit of kayfabe is not bad. Really, you know, you gotta have it. You got to. I don't care what anybody says, Russo. Got to have kayfabe. So if that match happens, that's going to propel Mania to an excitement level 
that I think a lot of people are going to be really stoked for. Uh, you got McIntyre, you've got, you know, Brock in that match. Uh, it's probably, I don't know, with the Goldberg and Fiend thing now, I'm so like, I don't know what they're going to do with the SmackDown title. Could be Roman Reigns and, and the Fiend. That's what I'm thinking. I'm going to stick with that until I feel differently. Um, let's get into something right now that uh, should be discussed. Uh, the WWE Hall of Fame is also WrestleMania weekend. Congratulations to the NWO. Now, I have gotten into arguments with, this, with people about this. Who should be inducted in the NWO in the Hall of Fame? Well, it's pretty simple. Okay, the original three members are Hall, Nash, and Hogan. They're the original members. Everybody's like, why not X-Pac? Well, then if you say, why not X-Pac, then you have to say, why not the Giant? If you say, why not the Giant, then you have to say DiBiase. Because it went as follows. Hall, Nash, Hogan, DiBiase. Giant. Then six. I'm sorry that people are disappointed that Sean Waltman is not getting inducted into the NWO. And I'm sure there are people that should be maybe in it. I personally think this. I think it should be the first six and that's it. You go any farther than that. What's it really do? You know, Macho Man was a big deal in the NWO, but, you know, mm, a little bit too late, buddy. So, I think they've done it right. They leveled it off at the original three. And that's the way it should be. I'm an nwo -ite. I was a big NWO fan. Um... Mainly because if you knew what the storyline really was, then it really gave a reality-based storyline to the whole thing. Because you didn't know if they were from WWF or not. You're like, whoa, wait a second. He was just on TV last week. And as a kid, you know, 11, 12, you don't think about the business side of the business. I don't give a crap who you are. You don't. You think about professional wrestling. You think about the characters and you think about the storylines. You could give two craps who's making how much money in the back. You don't care. You care about your guy winning. So, the NWO, that's perfect. They're the three guys that should go in. Alright, so let's get off of WWE for a little bit. Uh, I'm at 42 minutes. So I've got about 15. I want everybody to like, hit, subscribe, email me, message me. If you don't like something about the show, please tell me. I don't want dead air like no one. If you don't like the show and I do a bad job, cool. That's fine. Tell me. I don't. I, it doesn't bother me. I'm not going to cry and go in a fetal position in the corner or anything like that or lose sleep over it. Um, like I said, I do this for fun. Uh, I enjoy it. Uh, kind of relieves some stress from me. Um, it's just a good time to be able to talk to you all about professional wrestling and something I really have a uh, love for. Um, 
So let's get to Impact this week. Let, this has nothing to do with the actual show of Impact, and I will get into that because there were some highlights to this show. Really was. Got some young guys that I'm going to keep an eye out on, and I'm not saying it because I'm an Impact guy, but Dago, Tessa's boyfriend, is pretty good. <laughs> like, if you're good, you're good. Like, I mean, he's good. So, you got to talk about him. Like, I mean, he he's everything that, that you really need in a star, and I think they can do, uh, do some good things. Uh, Sue Young... <sighs> And this storyline with her transforming in thin air. I, I don't even know what to think about that. Uh, to me, that is just like, whoa stuff. Like, okay, let me digest this for a second. What the heck just happened? <laughs> um, she went back to Sue Young. She transformed herself into crazy Sue Young. James Mitchell told Rosemary it wasn't a good idea. Now you're gonna have to pay the consequences, whatever that means. Um. So worse, I guess she's gonna go crazy again. I guess we're gonna have a faction between Rosemary Havoc and Sue Young. I'm not exactly sure. Um. Hello, Willow. That is my dog, Willow, shaking from a nap. Um. So we'll be interested to see where they go with this, because this is creepy. <laughs> I don't even know what, like, she's got a sock that looks like Mankind's mandible sock, but it's, like, all, like, red, and Callus says how he can smell it all the way here, and blah, blah, blah. It's just strange. She's strange, but in a really cool way. So I'm going to watch where this goes before I talk bad or good about it, because I'm not sure where it's going. <laughs> Um, I'm going to get on to Willie Mack here. Willie Mack, jeez, this guy can do everything. He can talk. He can bump. He's got a great move set. I love, I love Willie Mack. He's over with the crowd. Uh, I like his whole Mack in it story. Like, it's awesome. He's just good. Um, he's going to be a star. He is a star. Uh, I, I wish Impact had a, um, a mid-card title. It is something they're missing big time, and it would add so much to their show. A guy like Moose, or um, Josh Alexander, or Willie Mack, or RVD, would be a fantastic belt for them. It would And it would help propel whoever that next person, you can give, you can give it to Sammy Callahan, that would be fine. Um, it's going to propel them to the next level to take on Tessa. Um, it looks like RVD is starting a few with Joey Ryan. Not sure where that's going to go. I've got, you know, RVD's playing this cool, calm, collective heel. Doesn't want anybody to use his moves. He doesn't even use his Van Terminator. He teases it, gets on the top. He doesn't do the move. He attacked Joey Ryan in the back for talking to his girlfriend, Katie Forbes. It looks like this is going to be a storyline. It's kind of interested in it in a weird way. I don't know. Everything's been weird about Impact. And I think one of their biggest problems is, is not only that they're still taped, is that sometimes when they're in Mexico, they have to give them the, the, the AAA guys some matches on their show because they have a partnership with them in that building. 
but they are sold out for Las Vegas. And I don't think I've seen Impact sell out anything other than hard to kill their last pay-per-view where Tesla won the belt. So that's two sellouts. One of them was TV. And I think the Sam's Casino holds about 3,000. So, um, as far as Impact, now I'm going to get off the show for a second. I did bounce around a little bit, so I'm sorry. But I'm going to get back into the Tesla thing that wasn't even on the show. She did a media call. And basically said, I did not say what people are saying I said. Did I get into an argument with that person? Yes, I did. Okay. I'm as a, I'm thinking about this on a strictly business side of things. Okay, folks? A strictly business side of things. You do not have an employee. Get on a phone conference call. And say, I did not say this. If someone did not say something, that is bad publicity. Because if it comes out that Tesla did say it, and again, we're still, I'm still at like 85, 90% she didn't say it, but there's still that percent she did. But as I said before, I find it weird that those girls came out the day before she was going to win the title. She's come out again saying publicly she did not say that word. Again, if she did say that word, then you should not have the world title and should not be on TV. I do not believe in that word. That word is disgusting. So, Tessa, you came out on camera. You came out on a teleconference. You said you didn't say it. I hope you didn't. So let's try to move on right now. Let's see what she can do with this world title run. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it. Um, it's hard for me to believe that a female professional wrestler can beat up a male professional wrestler who weighs almost 100 pounds more than she does. It's almost too comedy wrestling. I like Tessa. Tessa's probably the best woman wrestler in the business other than Charlotte and Becky. But Michael Elgin is ready for the world title. If I was Impact, you want a, a guy who just looks like a monster and can talk on the mic and carry your world title, then let that guy have it. Let him and Willie Mack have main event matches. That's something you want to see. Him and Eddie Edwards. I want to see Eddie Edwards get out of street clothes and be in a wrestling attire. I get the gimmick, but he's not crazy anymore. So, you know, there's a lot of interesting things going on around in the world of wrestling. Impact is just that niche. And if you get that niche to watch it, go try it out, man. It's $7.99 for Impact Plus. You get all the old AJ style matches when he was younger. Uh, Samoa Joe. There's a lot of good stuff that TNA did put out when they were around. Um, I do pay for it monthly. It's probably an extra charge that I shouldn't pay for, but you get all their pay-per-views for free. For free. Minus like Bound for Glory and Slammiversary are the only two you really have to pay for. So, um, that being said, uh, the North are still tag team champions. It looks like them and the Rascals 
maybe gonna have a feud. It's flirting that way. Uh, it looks like Moose and Rhino are gonna continue their feud. So Impact's got some decent things going on. A couple more stars. Now, there was one thing on the show that did happen. So, Don Callis and Josh Matthews were sitting at ringside talking about the next couple matches that were coming up on the show. As they were, the TV kind of scrambled out a little bit like you were if you were going to watch HBO and your parents didn't buy the channel <laughs> when you were younger. So, and then it was like, of course it was done on purpose. But it said, realitytv.com. Reality TV. I thought it said MH, it didn't. It said reality TV. Folks, who is that? Come on. That's Matt Hardy. I might be wrong, but Matt Hardy could be on his way to, to Impact Wrestling. It, they gave him complete freedom. That's where the deleted character came originally. Um, if he does get complete freedom, I do think that's where Matt will go because Matt did actually have better matches in Impact, and he was kind of better in it. He's one of those guys I didn't want to see leave. I used to say it about McIntyre. It's not true. Now it's Lashley, Matt Hardy, and EC3, which it's funny, a little tidbit about EC3. He was hanging out with Jericho in a bar. I seen it on my Twitter when I was looking through it. That's strange. That's something to keep an eye on. And I know WWE did not file his trademark name. So that's uh, usually when they do that, that's future, uh, future endeavors. That's uh goodbye. Go wherever you want. But um Yeah, it's time to kick bucket. <laughs> so um I hope you all are enjoying wrestling. We are in WrestleMania weekends are coming up in just a month or two away. Um we have Super Showdown February 29th. Um I believe it is February 29th. Let me look here. Yeah, I believe so. No. I believe it's February 27th. So February 27th, we have Super Showdown for WWE. Uh, also in February, we have, and I believe they have a Twitch special tomorrow. Impact's got some shows coming in February. Actually, theirs is the 29th. That's what it was. So Impact since February 29th, we have... NXT TakeOver coming up. There is a slew of things going on. I mean, just... There's signings. Killer Cross coming to WWE with Thasher. Uh, it's just... It's, it's so many things going on. Next week should be a good episode. We still have AEW Dynamite. Uh, Dark's on YouTube. There's plenty of things to go watch. The network is still the old way it was. Let's hope it stays that way. Um... Again, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, I want you to hit that like, subscribe button as many times as you can. If you know people who are not on the Turnbuckle Takeover on Facebook, please go. I will invite you. You don't have to. It's now public. It's not private anymore. Get your fans you know, or your friends there or people that you know that are fans. Maybe you're not even friends with them. Maybe you just know they're wrestling fans. Say, hey, man, look, Billy's got this going on. You should go check it out if you like it. And if you don't, you feel like it's a waste of time, don't even bother. But, uh, you know, shoot me what I can do better. I want to know. Uh, I'm going to add some more 
stuff into the show. Um, I'm going to do a top five DVDs next week instead of top five on the network. So I'm going to do top five DVD compilations of good stuff. Of all the good stuff that I've got in my collection, um, I've actually sold my DVD collection a couple times over. Um, I've recently got back the majority of the ones that I wanted. But um, I want to thank everybody for joining this week here on the Turn Buckle Takeover Wrestling Show. Hit! Don't forget, we're on Spotify also. So if you want to listen to it in your car on the way to the store... Maybe it's a good time for you. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody so, so much for your support. Um, hit that like and subscribe. You all have a great Saturday. I'm going to go ahead and upload this. Should be on sometime tonight. You all have a good one. Thank you for watching.